opportunities, new partners, EG Tax. Hey everybody, this is the Tax Lady, and this is our this is our weekly podcast that we do uh, to keep you abreast of things that are changing. And you know, right now we have um, Congress that's going to be enacting new laws, and we're going to talk about that on the podcast. We're also going to talk about getting ready for college, and how about if you won the lottery, how much you would pay in taxes. And uh, we have Tiffany Fabian has taken the day off, so we have Chris here holding down the fort. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? Hello, Esther. I'm doing good. Hello, Christopher. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's uh, first talk about what if you won that billion-dollar lottery would you take the cash or would you take the annuity i take the cash i wouldn't mind paying the taxes because even if i got 500 million and then i had to pay the taxes and i'm left with 250 million that's still 250 you, you million struggle along. i i think right. i could struggle yeah you know and the thing is that's how i feel it, it gives you an I, I was listening to somebody else this morning and they said they were going to do the they would take the annuity which would be a lot of money it's like $30 million a year. But the thing is, this particular person was talking about maybe buying a sports team. You can't buy a sports team on $30 million. No, no. Right? But but when you're talking maybe 500, because what people don't understand is you could do something business related. And so on the left-hand side, you might have a billion dollars. But let's say you then went ahead and invested that in a business that maybe had a loss. Right, right, right. Yeah. And if, and if the loss were $300 million, that would come against the billion and save you a lot of money and you start building up uh, equity. Right, right, right. I mean, it gives you that op- opportunity. But of course, um, it, a lot of people, they say if they take the lump sum, ultimately become broke because they don't know how to handle it. And that's another thing. Well, right? I know I, I remember a client we had that took hit, actually hit the lottery, took the monthly payments. And at the end of her monthly payments, she didn't even have a house she owned. That's true. I mean, yeah, it, it was sad. She was so addicted to gambling. Yep. 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 Okay, so I, I mean, right now, I don't think that's our problem. We're not going to be hitting the lottery, although <laughs> it is tempting, isn't it? It is $2 in a dream, not just a dollar, right. $2 so in a dream. And, and really, if you're in a state with no state taxes, you save, like in New York State, you're going to save almost 10%. Right? right, that's true. But if you were in a state like Florida or Texas, it, there's no taxes. So it's so it's much better to hit the lottery if you're outside of a high tax state. So if you know anybody in a te- state that has no taxes, give them the winning ticket. <laughs> That's right. Because if if uh, if you just said, you know, I'll give you 5%, what is 5% of a billion dollars? $500,000? Five, no, that's 5%. Isn't that 50 million? Yeah, is it fifty or, or five million? Five, five million, five million. Five million. I mean, so if you said, "I'll give you the ticket," I'll give you five million, and you don't, then we don't have to pay the state taxes. That's good planning too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this since we're now in the, the throes of summer, and pe- and people are now starting to talk about school. Um, because their kids are getting ready for college. And I thought we'd talk about that, not to mention how we have our tax school starting in October as well. That's right. That's right. We're going to teach everything that you 
didn't think you wanted to know, but we're going to teach it to you anyways. Uh, from A to Z, I always say, um, get you on the computer. If you're afraid of the computer, we even have a little class to get you familiar with the computer. So yeah. we're, we're, we're going to try to help you as best we can. Right. You know? And it's an adult class. I mean, right. you're, you're not going to be dealing with high school kids. This is all adults who really, um, you know, they're in this together. So we really try to make it to be, we spoon feed you. Right. Right. And it's an an introductory class. So it covers a lot of a lot of things, but it's a broad brush of everything. You you really we we hope that you'll endeavor to take this over the next four years and you become an enrolled agent, which would be just remarkable. Yeah, that's incredible. An enrolled agent, you know, people. Why would I want to be an EA or why aren't you a CPA? Well, I don't want to do auditing. I'd rather know taxes personally. So right. and that's why I'm an enrolled agent because I right. can go all the way up to tax court with you. So right. And we'll and for free, that's what we'll do for anybody that comes to our school. Correct. Because we will train you all the way up to enrolled agent. Yes. Through enrolled agent. Okay, let's okay, but let's talk about this uh, being uh, uh, August now. What what should people be looking at who have kids that are in college? Uh, well, the because first, there's a great big college credit. Yeah. Well, the first thing is, don't start planning when your kid's a senior, because tax return the financial aid goes two years behind. So you're already you mean, if you're, you mean right if you're right. trying I mean, to they're they're basing those scholarships on adjusted gross income from two years before. Correct. Correct. So, so you got to start planning at yep. least two years in advance. Yep. Yep. Um, but the other thing is, look at look at where your kid's going to school. Look at the cost. Look who's paying because you know, like you said, with these big credits, the government doesn't care who pays it as long as it gets paid by cash, check, charge card, or student loans. So if grandma and grandpa pay it, it still counts that you paid the tuition, the parent, and you're eligible for the credit. All right. So so let's say that again. So let's say we have, we were kind of talking about planning two years in advance, but let's set that aside right now. And so let's say that you have a kid that's going to enter a first time college and they're they have a scholarship and grandma and grandpa paid the rest of the tuition to do the, and let's assume that the scholarship went for housing. So grandma and grandpa basically paid all the tuition. What will that look like for the taxpayer on his tax return? Well, the taxpayer being mom and dad would be able to get a, the AOTC credit which is up to a $2,500 credit, not an adjustment to income, a credit, dollar for dollar credit. So that means they're going to save $2,500 on their tax return. Their refund just grew by twenty five, up to $2,500. Well, and then if you're in New York State, there's a college credit on New York, which could be 200 400 or if you itemize, it could even be more than 400 So Right. So now you're looking at anywhere from $2,900, $3,000 in savings because your kid went to college and grandma and grandpa paid for it. And, right. uh, but let's say that, let's say grandma and grandpa didn't pay for it. Let's say you took out all student loans and the kid's going to pay, pay it back when he graduates. Who gets the credit then? Mom and dad still do. Because well, boy, that, 
that's remarkable. Yep. Yep. I mean, they, they make this credit very what, user friendly. Family friendly. That's <laughs> family sure. friendly. Yep. Yep. Right. So, okay. So then, so that's the situation regarding the American Opportunity Tax Credit, right? Now, right. reading, how do you know they're going to send the they're going to send the college student the form 1098T? Right, right. Which is confusing because what that leads the college kid to think, I should claim the credit, not mom and dad. Now, let's talk about why that isn't true. Right, because. Uh, if you are claimed as a dependent or if you're out on your own, but you're under age 23 and mom and dad still support you, you cannot take the credit. So if you're living under mom and dad's house, in mom and dad's house, they're paying you for your car, they're paying for your insurance, they're paying everything, and you think you're going to get this $1,000. You're, you're paying everything as far as your living goes right but not necessarily the education correct they, they or the student loans because student you don't pay the student loans till after you graduate right, right. right. but the way the kid thinks about it they said well i'm i'm paying for the tuition because i'm gonna have to pay for it when i get out of school but he's they're living still under mom and dad's roof correct but it doesn't mean that they have to be physically present in the building no doesn't. they could be away at school in the dorms so, you know. so, but the child, if they are under the age of 23, supported by mom and dad, they don't get the credit. And so what happens is the, the almost $3,000 is blowing in the wind. Right, right. Because the government's not going to say, hey, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, you know, if you would have claimed little Jimmy, you would have benefited by $2,000 more than him. So we're changing both of your returns. They don't do that. They're just going to take what was filed. And so let's say that somebody for the last two years has let their college age kid claim the, well, actually the last two years is not a good example. The last two years, two years ago, is really in the best interest for the kid to claim themselves because of the stimulus money. If the the stimulus money or unemployment, if they got unemployment. Right. Or the unemployment. But so this year now, this, we're going to go back to pretty much normal. And if that's the case, then the child should not claim the credit because the, the, they don't have enough money to have the credit work because they're still supported by the parent. Right. And now the other thing is when you, you get that 1098 T form, there's a lot of information on there that parents may, might not understand. It, it says the amount of tuition that was billed. Then it also says the amount of scholarship money as scholarship that was given. So when you're taking a look at how much you're, you're going to put down on the tax return regarding how much was actually paid or borrowed, you have to reduce it by scholarships that went to pay for education. Correct. Correct. Now, what if, let's say the, let's say that somebody's got a scholarship for twenty thousand dollars and the amount billed was fifteen. How could that be, and what would happen to the tax return? Well, if that it, because maybe they won a twenty thousand dollars scholarship. And but they got financial aid too, which brought the tuition down, so they got an excess scholarship. Okay, and so what does that mean to Junior? That means that is, or does mom and dad claim that? 
that would be mom and dad would be if they're claiming junior mom and dad would claim the $5,000 excess on their return excess scholarships. It's called right on the wage line. There's something that's SSHIP. So for scholarship, you would add that directly to your wages. So you would pay tax on that money. So, and I'm sure a lot of people don't know that. Right, right. Yeah, no, and that's something what the IRS looks at is that 1098T for that reason alone is to see if there are excess scholarships. And, and so during January, what's going to happen is your child is going to get the 1098T form. It comes in their name. But you, mom and dad, put it on your return is the bottom line. Right, right. The information, right? Yes. Okay, then let's say that you're 28 years old, decide you want to go back and get your master's degree. Well, that changes. Do you you qualify for the AOTC now? No, no. Because it has to be the first four years of higher education. The maximum you can claim for the American Opportunity Tax Credit is four years, which which is really important because that first year, let's say that junior is just taking two classes and maybe it's a thousand dollars that the tuition was. And so you take that credit the first year. That would be not good planning. Well, also, I want to say, too, is the tax return goes on a calendar year, okay? The schools go on a fiscal year. Schools start in September. Colleges start in September. So you might think, well, Johnny is still a senior. He just graduated, so I get the AOTC one more time. But that could be the fifth year because technically the child is in school for five years for an undergraduate degree. So that last year could be the lifetime learning credit. Right. So that's what, well, and, but here's the thing, maybe it would be smarter the first year, depending upon how, what the college load was. Like if somebody was kind of putzing around, maybe just had $2,000 in tuition, maybe you just don't want to do the AOTC the first year. You might want to do lifetime learning and save it for the fourth year when when it's serious. Right. But you can the bottom line is you can only take it for four years maximum. Right. And and going off your point there, how about those high school classes that you take that give you college credits? Right. Then that would just be lifetime learning. Yeah. Don't take it as AOTC because that's a right. wasted year. That would completely mess up your tax return. Right. 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 Okay. So speaking of lifetime learning, let's talk about that. What is lifetime learning? When do you take it? How much is it? Right. So the, first of all, the AOTC is $2,500 per person in college. So if you have three people in undergrad school, first four years, you can get up to a $7,500 credit. The the lifetime learning is limited to $10,000 per tax return. Family. Yep. Right, per family. So if those three kids all of a sudden decide to go for their master's, you go from $7,500 credit to a $2,000 credit because the lifetime learning is a 20% credit of the first $10,000 worth of tuition billed. Right. Now, let's just say that it's, uh, and again, we're looking at tax planning. Let's say it's a mom and dad with two children that are, maybe both of them are going to be doctors. 
and and what they're they want to know is who is it better to claim the the credit you know maybe that they're in graduate school and they're not making any money in this case if the if uh the dad has a child and the mom has a child and they're divorced then in that situation the lifetime learning credit would be available at $10,000 for each parent if they split up the kids and do some tax planning. Right, right, right. Yep. So So that would they'd have a benefit of 10,000 per family, so they're two separate tax returns, two separate children, two separate everything, and so the $10,000 would work on each family. Yes. Yes. So you got to imagine how many times do we say tax plan, tax plan, tax plan, you know? So, yeah, you got it. And that's exactly why we're talking about this now, because we have five months left of 2022. And so start thinking about taxes. I know as we kind of get our we're we're thinking on less about barbecues and more about getting back in the game. Right. 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 You got to get your head back in the game. You know, I mean, colleges, there's so much stuff. I mean, how about even, you know, I know we're talking about taxes and this, but what about, you know, people living in New York State? Do they qualify for the New York State program, the Excelsior program, which helps pay? And that's especially important with the tax planning. Yeah, yeah, because you can lower your income to qualify. Um, So so you're limited to how much is it? 120 or 125, I think, somewhere right so, around there. So let's say that you want to use the Excelsior program for your kid you're hoping to uh, for college, and your income is right hovering at that $125,000 figure, and you, what if you go over by $6,000? That would be a shame to have missed it. So in this situation, if you can put money away into a pension plan, reducing your adjusted gross income down by six or seven thousand you just now made yourself qualified for the excelsior program right right and i know some parents are well i don't want to lock my kid into new york after they graduate i want them to leave this state you know the thing is if the child leaves the state they get an interest-free student loan right so it's not that bad (laughs) right that's absolutely true Absolutely true. And, you know, the thing is, let's say they stay for, in New York for two years and they got the Empire, the Excelsior program for four. They only have to pay back the other two years. They don't have to pay back all four years. Right. The, uh, the number of years that they're in New York State would not count against them. In other words, it would count towards them qualifying for the for the free tuition. Um, okay, so and then the other thing is the other kind of uh, deduction that there is for continuing education for your profession if you are self-employed. Right, right. Yep, because the IRS got rid of the tuition and fees. That's been gone for a couple of years now. They got rid of the itemized deductions on the federal where it goes. So if you're a New York State resident taking continuing ed, so if you're a nurse um, and you got a do your continuing eds, you'd be able to write off those classes on your New York State return. Only. Only. Correct. Right. But if you're self-employed, let's say you're a dentist, self-employed dentist, and you have to go to training every year, that would be a deduction on your Schedule C or your 
uh, corporate return because that is for you to maintain or improve your present job skills. And so, or it may be a, a requirement of the licensure board that you go to for continuing education. That's where you would put it on your Schedule C. It's not deductible as an itemized deduction, but it is deductible on the as an itemized deduction on New York State only. Yes, as a regular right? employee, correct. Right. Yep. So, okay. So this is what's really important. The important thing is that you look at. Uh, by the way, let's let's kind of run through that Excelsior thing because I think a lot of if they started off a few years ago, everybody was so excited about it. It isn't as easy to get as one might think, right? Well, you have to apply, and then it depends on how many people apply, which would determine right. how much money your child is eligible for. Right. I mean, sometimes you have to really go to the bursar's office and say, "We, if you don't, if we certainly qualify, if we don't get some help here, we're not going to be able to come to your school." Right. Right. And the thing is, if you don't apply, you don't get anything. Right. So it can't hurt to try. Right. And sometimes, like like I said, you need to get pushy. Correct. Uh, okay. So we're talking about kids and college and everything. What is the kitty tax? And it sounds like like uh, like something nice. When you got a little baby kitty, they they make you pay taxes on it. <laughs> that's what it seems like, but but it, no, that's not but it. It can be pretty diabolical, right? Yes. So the kitty tax is for unearned income on a child being claimed on a parent's return, pretty much, right? If it exceeds a certain amount of money. Right, if it exceeds $1,100. Right. So then you would have to do the kitty tax form, and what then the child would end up paying taxes at the parent's rate. So if the parent is in the 37% bracket, even though the kid's kitty, uh, unearned income might be $10,000, you would have to pay at the parent's rate, which would be around around the $3,700 on the $10,000 in income. Right. But now let's, let's talk about what is unearned income. Right. And that's where the tax Well, comes. it's interest, dividends, capital gains, unemployment. Excess scholarships. Right. All, that's all... Uh, unearned income. And initially, this all came about because parents used to, when tax brackets were like 50, 60, 70%, parents used to push off interest and dividends on their minor children's return and, and their name so that they could save taxes. And Congress says, oh, well, we see what you're doing. And we're going to, if you're claiming the kid and the, they have this honored income, well, we're going to tax, tax them at your rate anyway. So too bad. You're going to have to pay taxes on the interest and dividends and uh, capital gains that you didn't think that was, was fair to you. And that's pretty much how it happens. Now, the, there is a workaround because the parent doesn't have to claim the kid, right? Right, right. They can let. I the mean, what does it save you to claim the kid anymore anyway? $500? $500, right. Right. So sometimes it's just better to say now, obviously, if the kid's in college and you are worried about that um, uh, American Opportunity Tax Credit, that may be different. But the thing is, many times parents are pay paying kitty tax and really it's just better off for them not 
to claim the kid at all. Well, that's, you know, with the last couple of years, you said, which was very unique with all that, that's part of the reason why was because a lot of children got unemployment and if they filed the return with mom and dad claiming them, they would have owed a lot of money based upon the kitty tax. So you got to plan it very accordingly. And so if you have been paying kitty tax, you can look at amending your return and just filing a tax return for the child. If that is more, more advantageous to you rather than having the kid pay, the kid would then pay it 10, 12% versus 37%. So something to look at, but understand that right now Congress is debating again, re-upping the child tax credit, the way it was, the uh, earned income credit for seniors, the child care credit. Uh, now, if Congress doesn't go ahead and do and re-up these things and electric vehicle credits and all this stuff, they're debating it right now. Uh, listen to the Ask the Tax Lady every Saturday on WBEN from 3 to 4. We'll keep you abreast. But right now, those things are changing and not in your best interest. Everything's rolling back to the way it was. Congress is thinking about re-upping it again. So if you're the parent of a child under the age of 18, um, if you have daycare, if you're a senior who's working and you like the earned income credit, uh, you want to make sure that you stay abreast because this of the changes because this could be very beneficial to you or very sad, right? Correct. Yep. All right. Well, hey, I'm Esther Gullius, the tax lady. Don't forget, if you're interested in tax school, you can go to our website at egtax.com. Register for school online. Um, it's a tuition-free school. It's remarkable. Until next week, if you need any tax help, you can go to our website, ask the tax lady, or call us at our corporate headquarters, and we'll be able to talk to you and help you in person. Chris, thanks for helping me. Not a problem. Have a great day. You too. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG.